Welcome back to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. With me today is Mandy Nuttle. She is a multifaceted woman, a powerhouse, and definitely a woman on a mission. But before we jump into the birthday suit book part one, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Mandy. So Mandy Nuttle is the bestseller author of the birthday suit book one. Yearly guides to easily teach children ages one to nine about their body and sex. As a former high school health teacher and D1 collegiate volleyball player, she has now adopted the self-proclaimed titles of taxi driver, <laughs> nutritionist, doctor, therapist, personal trainer, cancer fighter, interior designer, janitor, photographer, and chef. De See, I told y'all, definitely multifaceted. All since marrying her soulmate and becoming a mother of five children, including twins. Life isn't boring. Life is a roller coaster ride. So without further ado, welcome Mandy Nettle. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Genesis. <laughs> So Mandy, I want you to tell the listeners and viewers a little bit more about Mandy, because that was just a short snippet of your bio, but there's definitely more to you that is behind the scenes. Yeah, there definitely is. I now Nowadays, the behind the scenes for me is I am a mother. I am a busy, busy mother. Um, my children and my family are my everything. Uh, I... I love serving my family. Um, but with that, being a mother is so hard. <laughs> it's so hard, especially with these five kids. And uh, my oldest is only 13 and my, and the twins are turning five next week. So they, they're all very close in age. So it's been a crazy uh, last 13 years, but of course I wouldn't trade it for anything, but I mean, I have to acknowledge how hard it is. Um, so that's why I've been on this mission to make it a little bit easier for some mothers and fathers, parents. And I love that you said that because, you know, five is the number of grace and five is so symbolic. And I just love that, you know, your children are close in age because they could help one another out, especially if you kind of just want to take a break and just have that you time and that self-care, because we know mothers go through a lot. And for those of us who are not mothers, like I'm not a mother, y'all, but I am on renekid.com and I rent my nieces and nephews and give them back until the good man above blesses me and hubby with, with, um, kids and I would love to have two so I could have them done and out <laughs> all at one time <laughs> well you never know you can have twins real easy we figured out it's very very easy to have twins such a surprise <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mandy whatever you think about not just being a mother, but being an author, being a wife, and all the other things that you do. What is one area where you just practice self-care? Because you have to take time for yourself so you could be whole and complete, so you could effectively and efficiently pour back into your kids. Oh, that is a great question. And one that is so different for every single mother. Uh, a few years ago, when, my, when the twins were two, 
I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I mean, that was one of the lowest parts of my life. Like I loved being a mother, but it was so physically demanding and I was definitely last and, um, a huge turning point, um, which led to me being able to finish my book, being able to like relearn who I am is I started seeing a life coach and that was critical because uh, he has such good advice. He said so many times, like in life, we don't practice. We're never practicing life. We're just like in the game going, there's no practice time. And he helped me learn how to practice living. That sounds kind of funny, right? But, um, how to practice my meditation, my, my self-discovery, my spiritual side, like this all needs to be practiced and not just on display when you're in the middle of the game, right? You need to, you need to work on it before. So once I started seeing this life coach and I only saw him for a few months, but it just was a huge turning point and helping me just get in my own space and get out of all the crazy duties that I have to do, but just, just, you know, figure out who I was again. I love that because I feel like we all, um, as women, as a whole, not just women, but mothers and all the other hats we wear that we have to take that time out to really know who we are. Because when you don't know who you are, you'll fall victim to who every else, who everybody else wants you to be, who the world wants you to be, society norms and pressure and et cetera, exactly. that you lose yourself trying to redefine who you are to appease to other people who were never really meant to truly validate you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You, you base your self-esteem on others and that is not how it goes. That's not a healthy, a healthy way to do it for sure. And so now that brings me to this exciting title of your book, <laughs> the birthday suit book one, how did you come up with the title and what does the birthday suit mean to you and look like? That's a great question. It, it does make you think when you hear that title, right? And when um, my husband and I, we were just sitting together and we came up with this idea of this name and it was perfect because not only are we talking about the birthday suit, which is your body, um, the, the point of the whole birthday suit books are to facilitate yearly conversations with your child every year of them growing up and to get away from the you know one big sex talk or one big talk about your body but that this is a yearly process. I mean, hopefully more than just a year, but we have yearly lessons every year from one to 18 to teach a child about their body. And it all builds upon each other. The vocabulary builds, the, the pictures build upon it, like one another. It's just, it's a process. And so to help parents know when they should teach these lessons, why not on their birthday? That's, you're going to remember their birthday every year, right? So we have our birthday suit talk every year. And that's kind of how this name came together. And it just is perfect for the book. Okay. So man, <laughs> I love that. Okay. So what does your birthday suit look like? Do you actually put on a birthday suit to have these conversations <laughs> with your, <laughs> with your kids? Yeah, they're called pajamas. Because <laughs> that's what I wear 99% of the time, right? Is pajamas. <laughs> no, no, we don't get in our birthday suit to have the talks. No, we we just, we, it's really cool because we set up a time and we say, okay, around their birthday, we're going to have your birthday suit talk. What do you want to do? What treats do you want to have? And we set up a time with our child, uh, with each individual one on their birthday, around their birthday. And we sit and we have this discussion and we teach them their lesson that year, but no, we're not wearing our birthday suit. 
<laughs> when you were writing your book, what was the hardest point and what was the easiest point? I want to reverse engineer it. The easiest point was coming up with the actual lessons themselves. So as a high school health teacher, uh, many years ago, um, I obviously, I taught the kids about sex. I taught about drugs and about mental health and nutrition. And the sex unit was my favorite because those kids were like focused on everything that I had to say. It wasn't like math where they were bored. They were, they were all eyes. And it was so fun because whatever I taught them, you know, they listened. So, I mean, the actual lessons themselves were really easy for me to come up with. I mean, the hard part is, um, it has been this, this end, the end stretch of, you know, getting it all to flow, right. Um, the artist, this was really tough because I had a very, very specific idea of how I wanted these pictures because there's not many anatomy books for children. There's not. And they are usually like these bubble cartoon characters, or they're just not realistic. I wanted like an anatomy book for children and real lifelike, um, not too much detail for certain ages. And I also wanted to represent all different skin tones. That was huge to me because our bodies are what connect all of us together. And just because some have different skin tones does not make us different. Like our bodies are all, our physiology is all the same. So in the book we have, I mean, there's light skin, there's brown skin, there's black skin, there's, there's um, freckled skin. So I wanted to make sure that all these children will have at least someone in this book that they can relate to. I love that. And I love how you encompass the diversity, equity, and inclusion piece in the book, because whenever you're talking about light skin, dark skin, black skin, and et cetera, it reminded me of this segment that my friend had on her podcast called Sisters Talk, and she interviewed Jane Elliott. And for those of you who don't know who Jane Elliott is, I encourage you to Google her because she is just a powerhouse, um, non-melanated, woman who is on a mission to really denounce certain stigmas, unconscious biases, and et cetera. And it's so important that we as women, as well as society, really get to understand um, what we are putting out in the world and how it's not just about us in this present moment, but it's about future generations to come. It's about us laying a foundation to leave that legacy behind. So I love to tell people, what type of imprint are you making today? How is that imprint driving an impact? And how are you being the world changer that you desire to be and see? Oh, wow. Well, that's a heavy question. Um, and going with what I was just talking about with, with the image, I'll talk about that and then with the, the total book. But I mean, with the images, um, I really, like I said, I wanted to have children be able to see different types of bodies, that they have the same internal anatomy, even though they look a little bit different on the outside. Um, one of my favorite images in the book that I've never seen before, and I studied anatomy. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I, I studied anatomy in college. I never saw an internal anatomy. I have a, a picture of a, a black woman and she is pregnant and it has the cross-section anatomy and it shows the baby inside and it shows a black skinned baby in there. And when I, I, I talked about my artist, I talked to him about how I wanted this to look. And when I got the picture, I'm not even kidding. I started to cry because I have never seen something like that. And I'm so excited that in this book, there's also a light skinned pregnant woman with a light skinned baby. I mean, and it can all be different situations, but I just loved that 
for any child who looks at this, they're going to see so many different situations and they're going to be able to, if they don't understand it, they're going to talk to their parents about it. And it's going to spark these conversations from these young children to these older children. And I mean, it's, it's powerful. Now in the book itself, what I'm trying to accomplish here, I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible to be able to facilitate these conversations because parents don't have them. They don't have these conversations with their kids. And I know this one as a teacher, my children or my, my high school kids, they did not know hardly anything. And I was shocked. Like, for example, so many of the kids thought that like in an erection in a boy, that there were bones in their penis. So many of the kids thought that. And so, and many of the boys had no idea that girls had three holes between their legs. They had no idea. They thought that you urinated and had a baby out of the same hole. Like they were just really, really clueless. And I mean, it came down to, they were not being taught at home. So in the process of writing this book, I interviewed 126 parents um, from all different facets of life. And I, I kind of got their feedback on how they were taught on how they want to teach their kids and what they're scared about. And I mean, the statistics are sad of how many of them were not taught and did not feel like their parents gave this, this topic enough attention at all. So my goal with this is to get parents to teach their kids. And it make, I make it easy by telling them what to say, how to say it, when to say it. Like the whole process is so simplified. So that is my goal to be able to help parents that way. But here's the bonus part is that in talking to your child about this, parents don't realize the bond that can be created between you and your child when you talk about something so precious to them as their body. Like you can really create this beautiful connection with your child when you teach them about their body and when they can feel comfortable talking to you about it and have this open dialogue and not be all scared and nervous or like talk to your dad or I'll tell you when you're older. So that's my greatest goal is to create and help parents understand the connection that they can have with their children when they talk about this. I love, love, love that because having these courageous conversations or difficult conversations or intimate conversations, however you want to look at it from your vantage point, it also boosts the confidence in your child. It also breaks down those hidden walls and invisible walls, and it lets your child know that you're connecting with them on a deeper and different level. Because if you don't do it for your children, then the world is going to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And the way that the world teaches may not necessarily be the way that you want to teach and impart it in your child. So whenever we think about something so precious as um, sex, our bodies, mindsets, and etc. It's like, do you want to be the one who can plant that seed, fertilize it, water it, and then see the harvest produce? Or do you want somebody over there who doesn't even know your child and will tell your child something that will confuse your child and lead them on a different pathway than you intended them to go. So think about those two different variations and ask yourself, 
what is important to you and what values the most. And if I were to a, a mother, I would say, I definitely wanna be the one pouring into my child in a healthy and efficient manner because that child came from me and is a part of me, no matter how old my child is or no matter how young my child is. I wanna be there to cover my child, put that hedge of protection yes. around my son or my daughter so nobody else is going to enter into his or her air gate and confuse the living hell out of them. It's so confusing out there. Yes. Everything that you said just like speaks to my heart. Yes. I'm so glad that you said that. Um, one of my, my slogans that I, I have in the book is if you don't teach your child who will, and you think of that, who, and that, who is scary. Like this is our divine responsibility as parents to educate our children and not to be scared about it because of maybe our own past trauma or whatever, whatever we grew up with. The beautiful thing about children is they are not born with your insecurities and your, what you're scared of. They're, they're just this blank canvas that you can just help create and mold this beautiful respect for their bodies. And yeah, I, I absolutely agree with what you said. I love, and uh, Mandy, I want to go a little bit deeper as I know we're getting ready to wind down soon. What was your relationship like with your parents? Were they open with you about sex and your body? And if they were, was that what led you to helping kids in a high school level? Genesis, that's a great question. Um, I am the fourth out of six children. So I come from a really big family as well. In this process, I interviewed my oldest sister and my youngest sister, who are 20 years apart between the two. Uh, my oldest sister, her response was, oh, I felt great. I knew everything. I felt, I mean, I wouldn't want anything more. It, it was great. And my youngest sister felt clueless. Like she, and she's, she's much younger than I am, but um, she had a completely different experience between my oldest sister and my youngest sister. Now me, I fell somewhere in between. I, I did feel confident talking to my parents. Could I have felt more? Yes. Did I need more information? Absolutely. Did I find that elsewhere? Yes. So I mean, even though I had a healthy relationship with my parents, um, it could definitely have, have been even better. But my point, and not my point, one of the points in, in this book is for parents who do have more than one child, which many do, um, to be able to be consistent in what you teach the first and what you teach the last, because parenting, we get distracted as time goes on and it's a really hard to be consistent. So this will help this book helps parents be consistent and teach the same content at the same time to each child. I would love to see this book in the schools in a sex ed class like you taught and not just at a high school level but at a middle school level because if you think about it look at the shows 16 and pregnant there are kids who are having sex at a younger age um, in this day and time because of what they see on the media what they hear um on the radio and etc. There's so many influences out here in the free world that it's causing our kids to stray from what their parents have instilled in them. And me, if I dial back and think about this, I am first generation American. My dad was South, Amer 
was South American and my mom is Caribbean. So I felt like we did not have these open conversations, but I was very inquisitive at a young age. So I was always the kid to ask my parents, well, why, why? Or, or <laughs> all they these- say, I'm just curious. What would they say? Well, Did my mom's answer? like, we're going to, we're going to talk about it a little, a little later on, or she would kind of negate the subject. Mm-hmm. So I found myself going to my older cousin, Sophia, because she was just very out of the box open. Like, what do you want to know? Cause she was like eager to share it because, and she always told us like, if you ever need to go to family planning, or if you need to go here or there, I, like she would always volunteer to take us to those places. But, you know, excuse my French, I was scared crapless like that is the PG version because I was like oh my gosh I did not want to be that kid that you know got mm-hmm. pregnant at a young age because then it's just like a big no-no in the South American Caribbean household you just don't do certain things and I always like my parents were very religious and biblical Mandy so they're like spare the rod spoil the child like all of this <laughs> stuff like coming like fire and brimstones and just stuff like that yeah so and I'm the youngest out of five. We're a blended family. So I have two older brothers and two older sisters. And the gap between my brother and I, the oldest, we're 13 years apart. So mm-hmm. I feel like when your parents have kids at a young age and then they have you later in life, they start to get a little bit lax and certain things are not what it used to be. Back to your point of being consistent. So I'm like, I just wish that parents would just pull up their big their big girl draws or <laughs> big boy boxers and just really lay it out on the table and just be like YOLO you only live once what do you want to know <laughs> exactly I say that in the book I say put on your big kid pants and let's go <laughs> I say that but now with that with your parents and what you said about your cousin so- Sophia um wouldn't you have loved to been able to talk to your mom about that or your dad, can you can just think about the relationship that you would have had with your parent if you could have had that comfort to know that you can go to them about that? I would have loved to talk to them about that at a younger age, but then I found when I was getting older, like the dynamics were shifting. So then when I got older, they would talk to me more and I'm like, well, I already know what I need to know now. <laughs> like, But <laughs> then I began to be more open with my dad and my dad and I began became super close. My dad passed last year in November and my mom is still living. So it's like, as an adult, I felt more closer to them because I was just, you know, loud. Um, you know, I went through my BC stuff before Christ days and I, you know, God found me again, came back to AC after Christ. <laughs> but it's like, I had to go through a self-discovery journey and exercise to really figure things out for myself. Cause yes, you know what people tell you, but sometimes you want to experience it for yourself, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I, just to your point, I just would really like, if I could go back in a time machine and then put both of my parents in a room and just have your book, the birthday suit book one and say, so what lesson are we going to talk about? Are we going to talk about erections? Are we going to talk about using condoms? Are we going to talk, are we going to practice putting a condom on a banana or whatever the case is? Like I would have loved to just have those conversations because it prepares you what to do if you ever get in a certain situation. But then I'm not sure if you're religious, um, Mandy or spiritual, but you know, some households, they tell you, oh, it's a sin to have sex 
before marriage and we all know that so I also feel like that's another guard that parents put up so they don't want to have that conversation with you until you're at the age but then sometimes when you're at that age it's already too late you know exactly yes throughout the books and this is another part that I just felt so inspired um, to incorporate is the books are only facts. It's only facts. There's no, I don't, there's no opinions in the lessons, but there's so many questions called our family values that the parents fill in their own family values within the book. And so they can customize it to what they believe in and they can be clear and specific with their child, what their family values are. So there's no question or there's no confusion. It's written down, it's clear, it's there, and it's adapted to what their family believes in. Because many of the books, because honestly, as a teacher, I wanted to teach my kids, but I was trying to find good resources to go off of. And so many of them were like, whoa, way too much, way, way, way too much. And some were just, no, I, they need to see a picture of their anatomy. Like I needed something right even in the middle. And that's what I've created. And then families can adapt it to make it fit their family. I love that. And as we wind down, Mandy, based on the conversation that, that you and I have unpacked today, what do you want the listeners and viewers to glean from this conversation? What is your call to action? Um, my call to action is my hope is that whether a parent or not, um, our bodies are incredible. They, when respected, they we can have such a healthy relationship with our body and not just about sex, but, you know, personal within ourselves. Um, I just hope that parents can have a little bit more of an excitement on teaching about these things. And it's not a dread and being so scared that they're going to scar their kids, but instead looking at it as a way to empower their children to respect their body. That is my goal. And that's the mission that I'm on. I love that, Mandy. And I want to thank you so much for coming on GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And to all the listeners and viewers out there, remember, self-love, self-care, self-awareness is so precious. So love you for who you are and love why you were created because each one of us is a masterpiece so i want to challenge you to put on your birthday suit go on and pick up mandy nettles book the birthday suit book one and really dive into that conversation with your children because if you don't do it don't be upset when somebody else does it so ask yourself what type of seeds am i planting and how do i want the harvest to truly be reaped and until Until we chat next time, I always love to sign out with saying peace, love, and lots of blessings. Go out and have yourself a wonderful day. Engage in those courageous conversations, healthy discussions, and learn something new that you would not have learned. Each day is a new day with new mercies, new grace, new lessons, and new blessings. (music) 